my primary role model and leader of the company my whole life has been my grandfather. What was started as a, a pretty good size Irish Catholic family in Toledo has spread to California, Kentucky, and all sorts of different parts of the country. It was originally a coal company run coal? by my great-grandfather. Like, like, like furnace coal? Yep, like future house coal before natural gas. Uh, um, going all the way back into the 1800s. We're kind of a nice boutique-sized greenhouse to where, you know, we can still say everything's hand-grown. I'm Andy Golding, partner and chief strategy officer of Kripke Enterprises, and I am very excited about today's episode of Toledo Works. In my podcast, I speak with business owners to uncover their stories of success, struggles, and achievements. This podcast is sponsored by Kripke Enterprises. At Kripke, recycling metal is not just good for the environment, it's good for business. This podcast is produced by Stewart Media Strategies. Today, I am thrilled to introduce Zach Edwards, president of Black Diamond Nursery. Black Diamond Nursery and Garden Centers has is a well-established plant nursery and garden center with three locations in the Toledo area, and it was established in 1953. Thanks for being here. Thanks Appreciate for having it. me. Appreciate it. Black Diamond Nursery. So I gave a little overview. Give me the give me the background. Now, what is Black Diamond? Uh, Black Diamond originally started with our original garden center location in West Toledo in 1953, as you said. Uh, it was originally a coal company a run coal? by my what? great grandfather. Like 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 furnace coal? Yep, like heat your house coal before natural gas. Uh, um, going all the way back into the 1800s, a Black Diamond Coal existed as a company in Ohio's uh, records. Okay. Uh, my great-grandfather ran it but did not own the company. He and his two sons, so my grandfather and my great-uncle, decided they wanted to purchase the company and saw the coal business drying up, and they wanted to pivot to another industry. The joke is that they wanted to put something in the ground either way, so it was going to be an undertaker or a garden center. Well, it's one grows and one doesn't grow. Something's going in the ground. Wow, that's really interesting. So are there like remnants of this coal company in your business or? Yes, we're situated at that original location right next to uh, railroad tracks. Um, so you can still see where the coal was delivered uh, on a cutaway from the railroad tracks on our property. Uh, if you dig down deep enough, you'll probably find some Libby glass and some coal. We're right why next why to would it. you find those? Uh, it's a pretty industrial area. We're next to a former DuPont facility. Okay. So just uh, And again, the railroad tracks, anything and everything, probably has been thrown off a, a rail car at some point. Sure. So um, you grew up in the business. And what was that like when you were a kid in this business and the, in the you know, growing plants? That doesn't seem, you know... I. I don't know. I, do, do people want to say they're growing plants or tell me about that? You know, the growing side is something that I've learned a lot later in life. You know, it's it's a heavy retail business as far as the way that we do it. So that was a lot where um, a lot more of my experience started, uh, starting in high school and through college. Um, but as the business has grown, expanded to further retail locations, the growing is something that I've had to to learn and, and, and learn to really like a lot. Um, you get sick of being in front of a computer and doing more executive type uh, 
tasks, so it's nice to be out with the plants and in some sunshine and warm weather and things like that. So when does, like, how do you grow plants? You know, when I've been to garden centers, there's an abundance of plants right at the beginning of spring. So when do you start growing and how do you keep them warm or how how does that all kind of work? Um, So we will start growing and planting here uh, within a few weeks. So it all starts generally about the first uh, week of February. Do you start with seeds or you buy little plants? Uh, So our type of facility, our type of business, we actually start with what we call a rooted cutting or a plug. So another company, uh, generally a lot of different vendors in Michigan, uh, will start them from seeds uh, further back in the process. And then we get that rooted cutting, a lot more consistency, a lot better quality. And then all we have to do is pretty much put them in soil, put them in the correct container, uh, bake them in the oven for a few months, and then they're ready to go, you know, once we get to, to May and our how part many of the world. Of those, how many plants do you guys, like, put out or, um, or plant? It, it depends, you know, like a little four-inch cup. There's 30,000 of those. 30,000? Uh, yeah, hanging baskets, you know, it's it's a several thousand of those. So is your big season where you need help in the winter, or how do you fill 30,000 mini cups? So we need a certain level of help um, for when we start the planting season in February, and then we kind of ramp up as we get to spring, try to pivot those people as we get through the planting uh, try to put them, all those plants have to come out. They have to get shipped to other locations now. They have to be maintained on the tables where they're being sold. Um, so yeah, our, you know, 50% of our business is done between, I'll say April 1st and July 1st. And in the other, so th- that's 50% of your business, but the hard work starts in February. Correct. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. You know, our garden centers right now are pretty quiet. You know, right. we're selling some bird seed you know, some house plants, a few things like that. Uh, but behind the scenes, starting in February, uh, I mean, it's almost a, another aspect of our business. And in, in, when you plant these plugs in February, is there anything that you, any type of weather you don't want here that would either make them grow too fast or make them grow too slow? How, how, do, you, how do you manage that? So really extremely cold weather can be challenging. Uh, Usually that comes with wind and ice and, you know, single digits and teen temperatures can make it challenging because it's going to affect your cost on natural gas. You know, they're all uh, heated with furnaces, you know, supplied by natural gas. Right. Um, So we always pay attention to the gas markets and things like that. Um, Obviously, bigger wholesale growers, it's, it's a bigger, you know, to your effect to your bottom line. But it's something we're cognizant of. And as our weather trends to be more warm and wetter every year annually, um, you know, we're seeing that, you know, that that can actually help growing in the greenhouse. If we were ever to get too warm or too hot, you know, we'd have probably the opposite problem. Um, But for right now, we're kind of in a nice, you know, in between. Now, is there so much oxygen in these greenhouses that when you walk in, you just feel so much better? Oh, yeah. You definitely get a bump. You, you do? Know, yeah, especially, you know, if it's a sunny day, because it can be 75 degrees in there. And so they're just photosynthesizing, and, and what, what's the other word uh, where you turn uh, carbon dioxide into oxygen? Is that photosynthesis? Uh, photosynthesis is how the plants make their food from the sun. Okay. So, yeah, but they are definitely, they are, they are using uh, carbon dioxide, and they are, yeah, you know, definitely emitting oxygen, so... 
And then you have to water all these? You have systems for this? Is this computerized, or how do you do it? Uh, it's partially computerized, partially automated, and then there's you know a lot of manual labor involved still, too. So we like that human touch. We're, we're kind of a nice boutique-sized greenhouse to where you know, we can still say everything's hand-grown. You know How about I mean? you play music to these plants? Does playing music make plants grow bigger? Uh, whatever the person doing the planting that day feels like. <laughs> okay. You know, there's a lot of podcasts and earbuds these days. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Okay. So that's one part of your... So you have the retail business, you have the growing side of the business. And then the other thing that I, I think a lot of people are probably familiar with are when you spray the, the lawns and things. What is, how many lawns are you spraying? What's that business like? So our location here in the greater Toledo area services about 8,500 customers. Okay. Um, they come out to your house five times a year and do a weed control and fertilizer application. So the fertilizer is a dry product that's getting put out through the spreaders. And then there the, the liquid product would be the weed control. Um, so it's, it's in, you know, a way for us to, it pairs nicely with our retail business. It's more of a steady revenue stream from the time they get started in March till Thanksgiving. They're pretty much doing the same thing every day right. and, and bringing in you know, the same dollars as opposed to that really high seasonal spike that the retail is. I, I think I just get a bill. I don't even mm -hmm. know if I ever said I wanted it. I think that, is that how <laughs> you guys do it? You just start doing people's yards and put the stick in there? or uh, Not totally unsolicited like that, but I mean, a, a good lawn service and a good lawn service applicator is a lot like a referee in professional sports. If he's doing his job, you don't ever know he's there. Yeah, and I get a bill. I don't ever remember talking to uh, the the company, and there's some the door tag, and we pay it, and, and you know, green and that's and how you do it. Mowing it maybe twice a week if it's yeah, raining. Yeah, sure. And, and that's yep. That's great. Now, what about the um, the chemicals that you use to put on um, to put on the grass? Are those? Do you guys believe in any certain type of chemicals compared to maybe other people's, or dangerous or less dangerous? Uh, so Natural. something we were kind of ahead of the game on going back about 20 years is a lot of phosphorus was being uh, used in lawns still. Phosphorus is a heavy metal. Um, we were one of the first uh, to uh, enforce certain guidelines to remove phosphorus, especially in certain municipalities. You know, we, we service all the way up to Monroe, Michigan, uh, as far east uh, as Oregon and Genoa, uh, south down to BG and almost Pemberville. Uh, west to Swanton and almost Henry County. Um, so we tried to work with, you know, local municipalities, you know, as these guidelines became apparent, removing the phosphorus to the point where today um, it's, it's state law and I think even the federal law, you cannot have any phosphorus in these products. Um, we've recently uh, gone ahead and taken the step to lower the amount of nitrogen. Again, our years are getting warmer and wetter. As long as the lawn's properly irrigated, the lower levels of nitrogen uh, will get you just as much green effect as the higher levels would. Um, and as far as the herbicides and pesticides uh, go for weed control and things like that, um, I always like to tell people that if you want to have less harsh chemicals, let us use them up front on your lawn and get your lawn uh, corrected hmm. if it's out of control with weeds. Right. Because ultimately, the longer you're on our service, the less of those types of, uh, especially liquid chemicals, we're going to use. Right. Because if we're feeding your lawn that regularly, and we've been able to control the weeds on the front end with uh, a chemical uh, herbicide, um, ideally your lawn's gonna be so thick and full of, of healthy grass that there's sure. not really gonna be room for weeds, and prevention is you know, always the best cure. Right. Um, 
And what about dogs and like dog poop and all that stuff? That so it's got to be a challenge for your guys. It is, people. but we, we've been doing it for a, a long time, and uh, we we've got a pretty good protocol set up. People got lock gates. People have got ring cameras. We, right. we we roll with all that kind of stuff. Just as simple as making a call ahead or now a text, right? And letting people know. Okay. So in uh, so you started. You're 41. Correct. And you've been the president for how long? Uh, since 2020. Okay. So um, and before that, you were you went to college. You came. Did you get into the business right after college? Correct. I worked there all the way through high school. Came home in the summers during college and worked. Uh, pretty much started off with a full time position with the company right away. More focused on the retail side. So that's where my background primarily lies is, is on the retail, but slowly took on other tasks and jobs, uh, uh, digital and social media sure. and internet and all that coming about, you know, since I've graduated college and becoming more of a necessity than a luxury. And right. the, the horticultural industry in general tends to be really late to almost all kind of uh, technology. Every business related. says that. Yeah. Every business I, says I, that. I feel like for horticulture, it might be true. <laughs> what did you study at, uh, at Ohio? Uh, English. Okay. Did you ever think you wanted to do something different than this? Um, yeah, for a time. You know, a lot of English majors, I feel like at some point, feel like they might teach. Um, so that was always a possibility. But I've found a lot of different, you know, uses for my degree and my skill set. You know, moving from retail to a residential service to marketing. Uh, right. You know, things like that have kept me from being bored. And, and now we have our, our third retail location in Waterville. So... I won't be bored. So you've got, you, you told me before this, you've got somewhere between eight and 10 family members. Where do they all fit into the corporate structure? And what is the relationship between them and the founder? And give me a little overview on that. So my primary role model and leader of the company, my whole life has been my grandfather. It okay. was his father and his brother that started the company. Uh, both of them uh, unfortunately passed away um, by about the late 70s, so he became the, the primary leader and president of the company. Um, so a lot of his sons and daughters uh, eventually took over ownership of, of Black Diamond, uh, some of which are still here today, some of which you know are still owners and technically my bosses. They have chosen uh, me as president you know, to lead the company, and we have a very collaborative effort. You know, We're very cognizant of Depending on how you want to count it, I could be the fourth generation of the company. Right. And I'm 41. I'm not the oldest cousin, but I'm not the youngest either. So we're already thinking and trying to be pragmatic about what it would look like for the fifth generation of the company and trying to be on the same page. Not everybody's all in the same place at this point. You know, what, what started as a, a pretty good size Irish Catholic family in Toledo is spread to California, Kentucky you know, all sorts of different parts of the country. So keeping people on the same page, you know, the pandemic being a good example, we all got together on Zoom fairly often and did kind of a name that tune, just right. as a way to stay connected. You know, big, huge family gatherings have been kind of a mainstay and we're just take that much more effort to keep that going at this time. Do you have any family members that are owners that don't work for the business? Yes. And how does that go? Uh, that goes just fine. They've. Um, one particular person, it would be my aunt in Lexington, Kentucky. She has been a uh, junior Olympian. She is in the University of Texas Hall of Fame for wow. a diver. She's done her own thing. Okay. She, she married somebody. 
he became the head diving coach at the University of Kentucky. He's in the University of Kentucky Hall of Fame. You cool. Know, they, they did their own thing. Uh, they love coming up to Black Diamond. They love to grab a Christmas tree. Sure. Okay. <laughs> they, now they love to come grab a house plant. Um, so, yeah, it, it's they have fond memories of coming up here. You know, some of my fonder memories from when I was young is them coming to visit um, as far as just, you know, staying connected as a family. And um, so when you um – have there been any challenges with family members or really what I want to know is, you know, what advice would you give to people that have family members in their business and maybe their relationship is smooth or it could be smoother? How do you keep your family business relationships smooth? Um, I think a lot of planning, I think, is involved. I think you shouldn't be afraid to talk about what the future looks like, even if you're not, you're a little bit of afraid of what the answer might be. You know, knowing that, you know, you can only make so many promises. Um, you know, one of the things about a general tra generational transfer that you see in a lot of uh, garden centers and, and farms and farms that are also greenhouses and things like that is, you know, if you don't have a succession plan in place, that's where it gets really sticky and people think, you know, that they're slated for role A when it's really role B or possibly no role at all. So I think sometimes ripping that Band-Aid and not being afraid to have that conversation with people as far as what the future looks like, whether it be a five-year plan, a 10-year plan. Right. Um, and so everybody's on the same page in your business and... Now, more so than ever, I, you know, I, I will admit that when we opened our, what would become our <laughs> second location in Perrysburg, Ohio, after having one location in Toledo, Ohio for over 50 years, uh, that they probably did not have enough of those conversations. And so we all have a little bit of PTSD from that experience. Right. So the Waterville location that we just opened here in August of 2023 uh, made a very concerned, you know, concerted effort not to repeat some of those mistakes. Was there anybody or did you guys use any outside counsel, not necessarily attorneys, anybody from the outside to help you work through some of the challenges of growth? Not from the outside that I can say no. Uh, it was definitely a learning experience opening that location. Um, we were building a building that um, still to this day, there's not one like it in the Northwest Ohio area. Uh, using a contractor who'd never built one, hmm. um, you know, then dealing with things like, you know, every day with new construction that, again, they had not had a whole lot of new construction. They, they added on to the Black Diamond Coal Company and created, you know, that retail location in West Toledo. You know, this was all undeveloped farmland, a horse farm, you know, in Perrysburg. So, you know, everything, electricians, contractors, you know, concrete guys, that was all a learning experience for them. And they just had to work through it. You know, and then a, a housing uh, recession happens shortly afterwards. So. Right. And what was that like? Uh, that was tough. You know, I mean, we definitely had to, you know, put our nose to the grindstone there for the first 10 years. Um, bet on the location, you know, which I think they got right. You know, bet on the building that they chose, even though it's got its warts. Uh, when people drive by it, you know, it's conveniently located across the street from a Costco now. Right. Uh, it's hard for people who've never been there before to not eventually stop by and want to check it out because it's sure. kind of a unique building at a really good location. So they, they got a home run as far as that. Do you do you have separate family members that run the different businesses or do you run them all or? 
Uh, I still oversee pretty much the day-to-day -day operations of all three retail locations. So, you know, in our busy season in the spring, I will pretty much divide my, my week, you know, three ways. Right. Um, you know, but we, we are cognizant of trying to have family at each location, whether they're the day-to-day -day manager or whether they're just in the office or just helping out in the greenhouses. Um, it's a big family. There's always been plenty of people around. Um, so it, it helps, you know, as far as trust and reliability sure. and things like that. It's it's a tough business sometimes. Holidays, weekends, mm. you know. Retail's no, difficult. It is. I agree. Yeah. So what trends are you seeing right now in on inside plants and outside plants? And like what, are, what, what has changed since you started or when you were in high school? What do you think some of the big ones are? So the, one of the big challenges with a company that's been around 70 years is they think they've seen it all and done it all. Mm. So we did not sell, I would say, a single house plant from the time I was in high school in the late 90s up until maybe, say, five, six years ago. Mm -hmm. So now I feel pretty confident that we have one of the largest selections of indoor house plants in Northwest Ohio and Southeast Michigan. Uh, the pandemic really spurned that initiative. Um, so we, even though we were late to it, I feel like we caught up to it just in time. Um, and it's something that I don't think is going to go anytime soon. I, I'm probably not going to reach the levels that it was two or three years ago when people sure. <laughs> were right. stuck in their houses and had nowhere else to go. Uh, but I see a much younger demographic. Uh, Bowling Green State University students come up to our Perrysburg store and they want something for their dorm room. Hmm. Um, you know, I, I, and I read a lot about a lot of other trends, you know, pets or, or plants are the new pets. Okay. <laughs> Things like that, that I don't know if they're 100% true, but they give you an indicator of what the trend is, is maybe somebody that has got their first apartment, first home, <laughs> you know, maybe they'll commit to a philodendron more than they'll commit to a puppy. So my wife and I, we seem to kill a lot of plants, mm -hmm. whether we don't water that. I mean, I'm sure you guys hear it all the time. What is a good couple of starter plants that we should be we should stick with that that can you know that can handle <laughs> a drought once in a in a while. So definitely a lot of succulents, cactus for drought tolerant. If you'd like to go a long time between waterings, right? It's uh, more like forget. It's not. We're not. It's not a drought. Is is there a difference <laughs> between a drought and forgetting something? Yeah, I would say drought would be you permanently forgot. Okay. If yeah. You, no, we don't permanently forget, <laughs> but you know we. So okay. eighty percent of house plants get overwatered. That's a really? stat that I always not love to in throw my out house. to people. Well, the thing is, once you've forgotten about it for that second, oh, then third, we water fourth the... week, then you drown it. Yeah, and totally. That's, and that's what killed it, because it probably was not too in arrears, honestly, from not being watered, but then you overcorrect it, and that's what finishes it off. Got it. And what about, uh, so then we have these pots outside of our house, mm -hmm. you know, in the spring and summer. Sure. We end up killing those plants, too. Mm -hmm. What what would be some good flower? What are some plants that are you know sturdy, that maybe um, for people like myself that are a little sturdier, that don't necessarily that are pretty and colorful, but don't need to be watered every day. So there's a couple different plants that are along that succulent vein that you wouldn't necessarily think of a succulent um, like you would see in your indoor uh, environment that are great for an outdoor environment that are colorful in flower. Uh, one is called portulaca, or sometimes called a moss rose. It tends to be more of a weeping hanging plant, but it'll have those kind of a small round rubbery leaf huh. uh, and comes in a lot of really bright pinks, oranges, and yellows. They right. actually will close up 
in the cooler part of the evening and then but like in the dead of summer july august you see they open back up because that's what they're really thriving is the heat uh -huh. in the dry environment and then there's another plant called tradescantia that's very colorful it's purple it's almost impossible to kill that's a kind of plant that sometimes I, it's called a wandering dude a wandering that makes more sense that plant a piece of it will fall off get in the crack of the concrete in our garden center and start to grow no kidding. Mm -hmm. And what is it? What's what is the uh, the flowering around your house look like? Are, is it uh, wild? I don't know. There's a, some kind of a joke about a shoes and a cobbler, but <laughs> I try to I try to go for a lot of low maintenance plants that will still provide me with the longest amount of color. So that means a lot of hydrangeas in the summer. Uh -huh. uh, bulbs bulbs are a, a nice plant hack. Do the work to plant a bulb, say like a tulip bulb, early on, even if you're in heavy clay soil, like part of our area right. can be. I mean, that's seven, eight years of color, especially uh, in the early spring when. So you plant it once, and you don't have to plant them again. Mm -hmm. And how long does it? How long does a tulip last for? Depends on what kind of weather you're having. I mean, they'll come up in some cooler weather in April. Okay. Uh, but maybe three, four weeks. Daffodils are along that line. Hyacinths. Okay. Does your wife work in the business? She does not. No. Does a lot of entrepreneurs who are in family businesses do all the, maybe sometimes the out the, the spouses don't get along. I don't know if yours <laughs> does or doesn't. I, hopefully I'm starting something between you. Is Do all the spouses get along as well? Uh, my spouse and I get along just great. <laughs> as long as I keep putting in all the raised beds that she wants. We're up I, to, I don't we're, mean we're with you. Six, so I no. mean with your partners and the other family members. Uh, the other family members, yeah, no, for the most part. No, there have not been a whole lot of husband and wife duos. No, that work say, in the business? Correct, no. Okay. No, I will say that is probably the one place where we don't check that box. Okay. You know, it's a lot of nieces, nephews, cousins, aunts, uncles at this point. And do you put any, do you say to the next generation or you need to go do something first before you come here or can they come like you did right after college? No, I would not say that's been a diet in the wool policy, no, because okay. again, uh, going back to our founding, you know, we had a retail garden center, then we started a lawn service about 20 years later. That took off so well here that one of my uncles flew off to Dallas and started one. Wow. Shortly after, they decided to send somebody north to Detroit and start one up there. Okay. So there's always been a place to ship you when you're still under the black diamond umbrella, I guess, if you're acting out or if you feel like you're being stifled. Okay. How many employees do you have in total? Uh, I would say in total, when we're fully staffed between all the various entities, we're probably close to 100. Wow. That's great. And what is the future for Black Diamond? Um... Well, they won't like me saying this, but I can't rule out one more retail location. In know, this area? We have a big void in Sylvania. We do. Uh, yep, we do. So um, that's that would be probably the, the thing that I would tip my hand about a little bit. And then continue to grow uh, that residential lawn service. It's, it's, it's vacillated since, you know, a long time in Toledo's history, you know, when when there was bigger blue-collar neighborhoods in central Toledo to now we're seeing more of the suburban sprawl. So that's what's in our mind. That's strong and really cool. Zach, I appreciate it. Thanks for being on my podcast. Thanks, Andy. I, I really it. appreciate it. Thank you, you so much. You too.